Welcome to episode 68, Bitch Planet Volume 2, President Bitch, File Undertake 2. です。面白い本と差し込んでテストの今週のエピソードへようこそ。ザンタン。ザン。ウィークマドレイバンドコミックリーダーズスラッシュアマチュアニュースを使用と漫画とピアカクテルバーです。オールワイルトライングノットサウ
the second volumes of uh, books that we have listened to and loved, not listened to, read and loved. I'm sorry, I'm tired. Uh, loved over the past uh, year or so. And this week we are doing Bitch Planet Volume 2, also known as President Bitch, which I just like to say President Bitch. Um, because we have one. Well, there is that too, actually, as well. Uh, but uh, the karaoke grand madam herself we have in Maryland... You. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, you were introducing me. I'm sorry, I was typing up my cocktail. <laughs> Hi, everyone, I'm Q. Um, doing, doing all kind of stuff. So we're in the middle of Sister Act now. By the time this premieres, we will actually be closing. Like, it'll be closing weekend. Because th- this will, what, premiere next Monday? No, we're further out than that. I oh, think. goodness, two weeks from now. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, yes, so yes we, we will have closed... And, uh, cause, what is it, the 31st? 31st, yes. Is, okay. Episode. So, yeah, yesterday was closing of Sister Act. It would definitely be sad, but oh my god. <sighs> and then I, then I have a few weeks off before auditions for the Christmas schooner. And, um, we'll see how that goes. The and Christmas schooner? Yes. Oh, yes. you weren't here for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. It was, it was on today's episode. Have a listen, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to, um, one of my friend, one of my friends texted me this morning. He was like, "I'm listening to your podcast for the first time, and I am dying." And he quoted just little shawls or winter coats. I'm like, "Stop it." <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So there, so there's that. And then um, Eleanor's Nudio Cabaret. I'm going to be doing a photo shoot when I get back from Utah uh, for some Halloween themed um, drag to use in our promo for for the next cabaret, October 29th at the New Deal Cafe. I'm going to be doing some Rocky Horror. We're going to have a costume contest. Although I should probably email the venue before. I'm like costume contest. Um, <laughs> Just to make sure they're okay with it. I'm sure they will. The ladies over there are really awesome. Um, Amethyst and Heather, they're they're fucking great. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's it for me. Um, and our returning champion back from two weeks of fun in the sun, we have Todd. Fun in the sun, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so I am back from the dead. That was a long time. I'm glad to be back, guys. Let's just say that. Um, you won't find me anywhere but here, unless I'm not even here, then I'm nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> and that's was the last two weeks of my life. He was nowhere. I was nowhere. Okay. Yeah. And then, of course, actually back from Fun in the Sun, who visited me in California last week. Yes. And this week I am here with him in Utah. Mm-hmm. We're all jet setting right now. It's the summer. We have Adam. Hey, everyone. Yeah. What's up? It's Adam, uh, film critic and reviews editor for Big Shiny Robot, also the co-host of the Bored as Hell podcast with Andy Wilson. Hi, Andy. And if you're listening to this, hopefully Q and I aren't in jail, because (laughs) this will be after. So, it was really cool being in California the last week. Got to see uh, some of my best friends from high school, uh, and realize that when all of us get together and drink, bad things happen. Mm -hmm. Um... I think it's about a tenth of what's going to happen when Q gets here. <laughs> yeah. So, that being said, we'll give you a little... Tr- are you good? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Big cool Shiny shit, Robot. Big Shiny uh, Robot. Bored as hell. Hi, Andy. Uh, I think we got it. I think we got it. Yeah. yeah, yeah cool. Should right. be good. Um, I think there's one... I don't think we ever used it, but I did your whole promo for you at one point in time. We recorded <laughs> everything. I was pretty proud. I remembered all of it. Um... But yeah, hi, I'm Brian. I'm a sound designer based out of Southern California. Uh, I am currently working on very hard on a video game called Killing Combat, my friend, uh, which uh, Todd and I had this great plan for this little cameo for the game. I was like, this mm-hmm. is a great idea. We'll just slip this in on the level where you get to pick your character. It'll be fun. And I tell the game nice. director, this. I'm like, I want to put this in. And he goes, oh, we could use that through the entire game. So now Todd and I have suddenly become a much bigger part of the game. You, on the other hand, Adam, I realized that your cameo, I'm going to have to re-record anyway, because I thought you were in a gorilla suit, and either they changed it on me or my memory was bad, but it's actually a Godzilla suit. Oh, actually, that's fine, because we use the fuck word more often than Scarface. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. One day we'll do a a blooper at the end of one of our episodes and just throw that audio in. I might, actually, just for fun. Uh, That'd be awesome. There's plenty of interesting audio footage (laughs) I have from that. Uh, 
But so yeah, that's the big thing I'm working on right now. By the time you hear this episode, there's only one week left of Lyric, um, and those shows seem to be going pretty well, and we will survive the 50th. But uh, next week, um, it's go- took us 69 episodes, and the irony of it being on the 69th is not beyond that's so, me. That's so incredible. Um, <laughs> but we will all finally be in the exact same room for uh, to record as many episodes as we can. Uh, so for next month, um, all yeah, we'll of the Spider Man, all of the oh, Spider Man, out of Spider Man. Yes, it's a lot of Spider Man. But this week we are doing Bitch Planet Volume Two, uh, a continuation of Bitch Planet Volume One. Where uh, I, every time I try to describe this to people, they all look at me like, "Wait, this is a feminist book?" And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, "Yeah, actually, it really is," mm-hmm. uh, because they hear Bitch Planet and then they assume that it is not a feminist book. Uh, basically, it's sort of a. For those of you who haven't read the first volume, and I think we all agree that you probably should go back and read it. Um, if nothing else, for the little uh, joke advertisements in the back of the comics, which were always pretty amazing. But this is written by Sully du- Kelly Sue DeConnick. I forget who the artist is. Uh, but uh, it's... Uh, how do you describe it? It's sort of like a combination of uh, Orange is the New Black, In Space, and Death Race 2000. Sort of. It's like a combination of all of that. Is mm-hmm. the way I kind of describe it, which is probably why people are shocked that it's a feminist book when I describe it that way. But that but, makes sense, actually. But, but it kind of mm-hmm. is yeah. what it is. Uh, so this is a continuation on of that. Um, so let's see. Should we do drinking games first? Yeah. Sure. Oh, well, Q sounds like he has one ready. <laughs> we got to jump in on this. Yes. And now for sports. Listen up, sports fans. Prepare yourself and your liver for this week's drinking game. Remember, it's only a game and a dumb one at that. So don't take it too seriously. And above all else, please drink responsibly. So my drinking game is called Life's a Bitch. Anytime anytime the word bitch is printed. Uh, mine is called Actually Honey. Uh, and it's anytime there's overt sexism or mansplaining, oh, you have nice. to take a drink. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, like, like, I, I, I knew, like, that when, uh, sorry to interrupt, but I knew, like, mm-hmm. obviously that when it's in the book, in this book, like, it, it's meant to show, like, what assholes they are. But I'm like, yeah. fuck, this happens in real life. Oh, yeah, completely. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, I will go with mine because I think Todd's looking through trying to find his right now. I like to see him flipping through the pages. Um, I'm calling mine awesome on the inside, which is every time you think someone is a compliant member of society and they turn out to be part of the revolution, take a drink, which I was very happy there were lots of people in that. Todd, have you had enough time? Pass. Pass? Okay, yeah. Todd is going to pass. It's his first week back. We'll, we'll, get him, we'll, we'll give him a pass. I'm still sleeping it off. <laughs> you move that tap way faster than I ever do. Like, I I'm have impressed. I'm getting that tap open that fast. I use it a lot. Apparently. <laughs> I told you my idea for uh, Pride, right? Yes. yes. I thought it would have been amazing. Did I ever tell you that, Q? What? So, you know, we always get the fucking asshole protesters up here. Oh, well, yeah. I was going to do it this year, but it was too hot. But I do want to one day cosplay as the shame nun and just circle them with a bell going, shame, shame. Well, Comic-Con's coming up in September, like it's a month away. Almost. They don't really do too much there. There's like always one lone I know, asshole. You just, you just go around and shame people. Shame cosplayers you disagree with. It's like all the oh, Holy Quins. All right, don't cool. do that. Everybody deserves to cosplay. That's true. And I actually, having been to a couple Comic Cons now, I have a far greater appreciation for cosplay. Yeah. Well, actually, this Salt Lake Comic Con holds the Guinness Book of World Records for having the most number of cosplayers in one place. That doesn't surprise me in the least. And they're actually going to try to do it again this year, but with uh, Marvel DC characters. So before, it was like you could do Game of Thrones, Mulan, Mm -hmm. whatever. They're trying to do it just superhero themed. So Have you been officially announced as being a Comic Con? Yeah. Uh, they've announced me for Comic-Con, but we haven't got... By the time okay. this is out, uh, we should know what panels I'm on. Because okay, cool. uh, Ryan cool. is at D23 yes. slash San Diego Comic-Con. So. I saw him a couple days ago. Oh, yeah, he was, he was saying to talk to you. Yes. So, so yeah, so we'll, you can go out to Comic-Con and see Adam and maybe other members of the panel if that maybe. happens. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, there might be some of us involved. That being said, before Adam sneak Oh, he's sneaking I'm up. i work! Oh, sorry. <laughs> You're hydrating on this show? He's still making up for last week. Girl, I'm drinking so much Gatorade and water right now. You don't even know. 
I had a rough night with you once when I was drinking Gatorade and Grey Goose. And oh. we were drinking beer and we were having a drinking game. Yeah, I, that's right, because you didn't, you, you don't drink beer. <laughs> I, didn't, I, I, I didn't drink beer at the time. You did um, not, now I'm kind of hitting this on play drinking stuff. games with liquor. Like, that's yeah. just bad news bears. So well, that was also the night I got dumped. So oh. having that alcohol preemptively was probably not a bad so, idea. So, yeah, yesterday was our 10-hour road trip back, just straight through. Mm. And the night before, we were going to go mm. to sleep, but it was uh, my friend's grandma's celebration of life. Things got crazy. We ended up drinking till like, 4 in the morning and woke up at 4, 8 to drive. So I did something I'd never do and took a five-hour energy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. fucked me up. Oh. <laughs> so I, I can't, how do I describe this without saying where I work? I have done this gig where I would stay up all night, and we would have to load in the gig and then babysit the gig all night, and then we would take it all down at, like, 6 o'clock in the morning. So we're up for a long time, and I took, like, a full... <coughs> container of five hour energy and it and I just read on the instructions that you could take two within uh, like a 12 hour period mm-hmm. however I didn't read that one of those shots of five hour energy was actually two yeah. dosages so I took another one so I basically did four servings of five hour energy mm-hmm. I thought I was going to have a heart attack like just sitting there <laughs> Vibrating, just freaking out, <laughs> trying to babysit a sound call and not lose, like sound console, and not lose my shit. It was, uh, it was very interesting. Yeah, I had that and about sixty-four ounces of Red Bull yesterday, oh just God. trying to make it back. Oh. So I was, I mean, I don't get hangovers. I didn't really drink last night, but this morning I woke up just like dehydrated oh, and yeah. shit. So I've been pounding water. Like if crazy. the vodka doesn't kill your kidneys, that fucking will. Well, I don't ever do it, but we were at State Line coming back yeah. in Nevada. I'm like, I need something because I'm falling asleep. Does anyone know how to drive? Yes. Okay. You just drive him everywhere. I never know. I'm like, does he actually have a license? I was curious. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> no, he has a license. He actually offered to drive last night, but I was like, we're almost here. We were in Beaver. I'm like, nah, fuck it. We're almost back. So. Yeah, and you guys got to get out of Beaver. Beaver as quickly as possible. I don't like Beaver. There was a joke. I know. There was a joke. Same. <laughs> actually, that was the first time I've ever been in Beaver. Wow. Both figuratively and literally. Wow. Uh, You're uh, a gold star gay. Congratulations. No, I'm not a gold star gay. I've been, oh. I've, I've been in and near and about Beavers. Just never in one. Mm. We're getting real personal on this episode. Did you sit in the big chair? Sorry, what was that? Beaver. The city of Beaver has a giant, like, Adirondack chair. Uh Uh-huh. Just wondering if you sat in the chair? I did not, because we just went to Shell gas station and left. Yeah, for most people. But they advertised they had the cleanest, nicest bathrooms. Nice. Okay, cute. (laughs) We're going to jump in on votes on this before we go to our break, because we're getting sidetracked like a motherfucker. So I've been asked by the judge to be the foreman. Vote for Pedro. And I want y'all to know that we's gonna run a fair jury and a clean jury. It's time for a vote. Because we love you. And we don't want to waste your money. We will now vote on whether this week's book is fit for human consumption by you, our dear listener. Along with each vote, our panel will also provide one piece of evidence to support their vote. Vote for Pedro. Do you expect me to talk? Vote for Pedro. No, who is the I expect you to die. There is nothing you can talk to me about that I don't already know. Q, what is your vote on this? Uh, my vote is yes. Okay. Uh, Todd. Yes. Adam. Yes. Okay, and I'm going to vote yes as well. Um, I like this a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that being said, does anybody have any advice for, you know, before we read this, anything they... Think people should watch out for any preemptive advice, anything like that. Don't speed read through it. No, because mm-hmm. I did that last night because I hadn't had a chance to read it yet, and I'm still going through again, picking up on things I missed. What I find interesting is it's got a trigger warning at oh, the first episode. I thought was yes, and I we should mention that mm-hmm. um, the first issue of this trade does have a page that sort of warns that. Um, it does have, uh, Adam has it sitting in front of him, it mm-hmm. does have content uh, related to sexual assault, and if that is something that you have issues with, uh, you may not want to read that further. Um, so we'll say that, that if that is something that unfortunately is an issue, mm-hmm. um, that, yeah, it, and you can skip that, and it doesn't seem to affect the plot too much. Um, I think it gives backstory. It gives some right. backstory, yeah. It gives some backstory, but... Um, there is that. So, just um, as a forewarning to our readers. Yeah, I mean, I mean definitely, mm-hmm. definitely don't tr- take the trigger warning lightly if that is if the yeah. issue for you. However, it is only like the first 
first like kind of page yeah. that, that, it, that it's a real issue. I think it is important to read not so much for the backstory of uh, Miko. Ma- ma- uh, yeah, Miko. Miko Mackie. Mm. So it is both. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, because I think I think it gives you a better understanding of the world and how um, some people are trying to get around it. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. kind, of, yeah. kind, kind of a thing. So, um, anyway, yeah, I, I, I still think it's an important issue to mm-hmm. to read. Um, just maybe skip the first page if you feel like it would be too much for you. Yes, or you can listen to that part of it when we summarize it with our lightning mm-hmm. round, yeah. which I text everyone before, but I had a dream the other day. I woke up and we recorded an entire episode and completely fi- forgot the lightning round that <laughs> recorded at the end of the episode. So I was like, oh yeah, we're doing pretty well. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh shit, we no forgot to do the lightning round. Um, but the lightning round is coming up. So uh, at this point in time, we will take our break. Um, mm-hmm. And you can have an opportunity to uh, read the book, which we all recommend that you should. We all think it's a, a great book. Um, and when we come back, we'll spoil the shit out of it, do the lightning mm-hmm. round, do cocktails, uh, blather on like we normally do, and we will see you on the flip side. Yeah. If you have yet to read this week's book and would like to read it now, press pause. Go ahead. We'll wait. Okay, then we're... Back. <laughs> what? We're, we're fucking Are we doing a show? What's going on? We are on? doing a show. What show? This is the show, kids. This Am is I the outside? show. The big yeah. show? This is the big shoe. The really, really, big, really shoe. big shoe. The really big shoe. Um, yeah. So, that being said, Q, can you focus long enough to give us a lightning round? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. God forbid we have Adam do it, because he's fed red through it. Lightning round begins now. The issue opens with uh, some images of sexual assault uh, of uh, Nico. But then we flash back to when um, when she was much younger and she's with her family. Her father is the, the man who actually built Bitch Planet, so he's kind of a high-ranking engineer. His mother is a music teacher, and then she has a, a younger sister. So you find out that they're, they're actually not a music class. Uh, she... Uh, the mom plays a, a recording of violin, and they are teaching these girls calculus, which is obviously not something that uh, little girls should learn, because you know no one likes a smart girl. Um, <laughs> you find out that uh, Miko helped uh, design Bitch Planet. Little did they know that that's actually what it was going to be. And you find out that her parents are pretty fucking rad. So then there is this guy that the Mackies work with and he is like total white privilege in a kimono. What a and fucking his name shit. is Dougie. Yeah, the, guy, the guy's a dick. He sort of insinuates that he wants to marry one of his daughters because he is so in love with Asian culture. Blech. And when he kind of refuses. You can tell that he that that he's in trouble, and then the girls are arrested, and the mo- oh my gosh, when the guys are like talking down to Mrs. Mackey, it's so fucking crazy. Um, Drink. Yes. Uh, <laughs> mansplaining. So then uh, Miko goes over to this guy's house and kills him with a violin string, which is obviously why she is in Bitch Planet. Um, she then thwarts her attacker, and that's anyway, that's why she's there. End of, end of the first issue. So the second issue opens with these security guys who just, like, kill these kids without even a second thought. And there's uh, this dude, and they're talking about, you know, all of the ideas that they have for Bitch Planet and, you know, whatever this, I can't, the, the whole game that they're trying to do. Flash up to uh, Bitch Planet where uh, Mr. Mackey and his team arrive and uh, he's given this, you know, one of the holographic liaison people and he's like, uh, I don't like the fact that I'm actually not talking to real people. So then you go to the work camp where all of the inmates are working and, sorry, I've already blanked on her name. Who's our, our lead lady, Cam? Is that her name? Anyway, so mm-hmm. they're, they're working. She has that guy that she's blackmailed into giving her more information about, uh, about Bitch Planet because she's trying to find her sister. Then the old, uh, lady, Whitney, who uh, used to be in charge of Bitch Planet, and also when that holographic image is totally like mansplaining to her what she did wrong, just so fucked up. Um, Cause obviously it wasn't her fault. Um, but anyway, so she then gets thrown into Gen Pop and is Cam's 
Uh, is it Cam? Now I feel like an asshole. What is her name? Fuck, what is her name? Yeah, it is Cam. Thank God. So Whitney becomes a becomes an inmate uh, in Cam's room. Penny is very saddened at the fact that uh, she feels like she caused uh, Miko's death, and Cam pretty much tells her, absolutely not, but we're gonna get these fuckers. Cam then gets some more information from her, from her guy. She tells him to get her a map. These fucking dudes in this meeting, it's so gross. So he, uh, Mr. Maki wants to talk to his daughter, and the, obviously the computer doesn't want to tell him that she's dead. Cam gets the book passed to her with the map in it, and, uh, that's when she finds out that Whitney is her her new cellmate. So then we are greeted by, uh, in the next issue, the women of the re revolution who called themselves, what is it, Eleanor's Daughters? Is that what they're called? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the children of Eleanor Doan. Is that how we're pronouncing this? D-O-A-N-E. Um, who is the former yeah, female president. Yeah, mm -hmm. which we don't know that yet. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> God, spoilers in the spoiler yes, spoilers. Part. I'm not yeah. there yet. <laughs> um, so, and they're, they're the, the leaders of the revolution uh, back on the planet. So then we are uh, shown the trans women side of Bitch Planet, and uh, that is where we meet Cam's sister, and uh, they run medical tests on, on the inmates, and she's just like, uh, what do you care what happens to us? We are also meet Marilyn, who is, oh no, I'm sorry, Rose. Uh, so Cam's sister's name is Mar Maroa, I'm assuming, and mm -hmm. uh, her her lover Rose. So Whitney and Cam get into a fight because uh, Whitney finds the map that Cam had, and she's pretty much just like, you know, shut your fucking face. So then uh, Mr. Maki is given a, a holographic illusion of Miko, which he can just kind of tell is false. So he then decides that he is going to go to the power grid, and he's gonna go fuck shit up. So he turns off the grid, which releases all of the prisoners, which of course starts a riot, which is awesome. So the two, and and then as they're going through, um, on the map, Cam finds that there's a singular cell, and she thinks that perhaps her sister is in there, but instead they find Eleanor in there, who we come to find used to be the president. Um, Sorry. Yeah, which, <laughs> you uh, ruined which it, Brian. is crazy. So then, so then we meet um, the father, whatever his name is, the Josephson. Uh, we meet his wife and daughter, and he's all excited because he's going to be presenting this whole thing. So riots are ensuing on Bitch Planet, the two sides of the, the trans women and the, the cis women. Uh, kind of meet up and they're all fucking people up and uh, Eleanor and, and Whitney uh, are kind of left and the guard comes in. Rose seems to be very scared but uh, Maroa is telling her that they need to go blah blah blah. So they all meet up in the, in the one room and uh, you can also so the regular non-compliant women are not regular the cis non-compliant women are given orange jumpers the trans non-compliant women are given uh blue and so even the the two sides of women even fight each other which is actually kind of sad cam and mo finally see each other and meet up eleanor sort of gives the speech saying you know you all can't stop this like you know this is awesome so then there's this whole thing with the douchey Josephson guy. Whitney gets killed because, or does she get killed or does she just hurt? Anyway, so she gets thrown off a, a ledge by the guard or whatever, and so they're they're trying to sort of get off bitch planet. The guard tries to fuck up Eleanor, and she's like, nah. <laughs> She's pretty yeah. fucking awesome. So the story ends with Cam, Mo, and Eleanor getting into the control room with with Maki, and while they're trying to make this announcement, the daughters of Eleanor uh, are all started screaming, we remember. So they get all of the high political people into into this uh, getaway thing, and you find out that Josephson's daughter is even one of uh, the daughters of Eleanor. End book two. Dun, dun, dun. Um, rad. The book is, is still good, and I think this is one of the better ones as far as not being quote boring 
like mm-hmm. like some of the other sophomore books that we read. Like the the whole reason, like why is it that they're building this arena and why is it that they want them to play this game? Because the whole last book was like built up like oh we need to create this team. So I thought that it would be like uh, the Long Irons or Gridiron or whatever. Or the Longest the, Yard is what you're thinking. Yeah, about. yeah, like you know the prisoners, mm-hmm. be, you know, becoming a football team. So that's what I thought was going to happen. And then this is completely left turn where like the apparently the whole game thing and them becoming a team is no longer even an issue like that's not mm-hmm. even a part of mm-hmm. the story anymore so like that was a little jarring um for me so it's it's not quite as boring because there is definitely a lot of awesomeness um that is happening but like eleanor doan i like there's really kind of no backstory uh, you know, so you don't. I mean, I'm assuming like it's coming in the in the third trade or whatever. But I'm just like, so this is called President Bitch, but it's like Eleanor doesn't come till halfway through, mm-hmm. and then it's still really mm-hmm. not explained like why she's on Bitch Planet or why. Um, I think they you know, mentioned the- that like she's being. You kind of get the impression that she's being held so that the. Uh, fathers or whatever don't have to deal with her. Like, they let everyone believe that she's dead, yeah. and she's being held captive for some reason or another. Yeah. Um, so you feel like it was a political move of some well, kind. I mean, I mean mm-hmm. obviously, but it's like, it's still not really explained. Like, I feel like a lot of stuff is happening without the explanation, and you're just supposed to just go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. But but again, they might flush it out in later stories, you know, I, I, I don't know. Um, but um, I... I also just kind of feel it's kind of weird that so Cam is kind of our protagonist that we're supposed to be rooting for and we still don't really know anything about her but we get this whole uh, Miko backstory and Dr. Maki backstory but we don't like our protagonists we don't know and I mean we got like the Penny story in trade one mm-hmm. and, I, and I just I'm like well we're supposed to be like all all excited when Cam and Mo finally see each other, but I'm like, we still don't know what their relationship is. I mean, we know, we know that they're sisters, but, you know, we don't know why there was this need for Cam to get up to Bitch Planet to find her sister. So I, I, I feel like I'm still missing, like, a big part of it, but now we have this whole revolution, and now you know, the riots and all the stuff, so I'm like, slow down a little bit and give me some more backstory, because um, how many how many books... So this is issue 6 through 10, so we're now 10 issues into a story, and we still don't know what our main character's motivation is. Like, you know what I mean? It's I, I feel like we're, we're missing a step. I mean, I also feel like it just might be a situation where they are dropping little uh, nuggets of information as the story goes on, and perhaps maybe that part of the story is moving too slow. Like, this book has been published since 2014 they've only put up 10 issues like and i looked it up on wikipedia and it said publication monthly sort of or loosely <laughs> i think it was and it's like it's it's taken a little while for this book all the pieces of this book to come out which is a little bit of a bummer uh, and, but 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 i feel like that's then part of the issue because if it's really taking that long then mm-hmm. why again why are we going full steam ahead into this riot without understanding why the key players are mm-hmm. doing what they're doing, um, and 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 again, it might be part of um, the grandmaster plan of this mm-hmm. whole book to you know not find out until you know book fifteen, you know mm-hmm. why she's there. Maybe you know maybe that is the plan. However, reading this piece by piece, and as someone who is probably there are also people out there who are buying it like you know, not trades like we are, but buying mm-hmm. it issue by issue. Mm-hmm. If I was buying this book issue by issue, I would be pissed. Yeah. Just because guess, it, yeah. It, it is so good and you just want to know. You just want mm-hmm. to know all of these things and we're just not getting it. And again, girl, you could have paused this shit at any moment to, you know, to, to give me a little more information about some of our other characters, but you haven't. You want it's like it's like she's she's like rushing to get to this whole Eleanor uh, political thing and you know the riot on Bitch Planet, but because because I feel like a riot on Bitch Planet is where you kind of want to end this thing, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's like it's happening you know it's happening in you know issue eight. I'm like whoa, I'm like whoa, pump the brakes. No, I mean you could look at the whole thing that the the riot is what kicks off the ending of Bitch Planet or wherever. Hey, um, yo. Hey, 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 hey. It hasn't happened in a while. I don't know. 
Jesus Christ, someone took up the phone. No, but one of my thoughts I had when reading this book, because I read, I've read ahead and been reading a bunch of the stuff we're doing for next month as well, so I've been keeping notes so I can go back and have these conversations. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I was thinking about the fact is that when we read Volume 1, it was pre the election. And this felt like more of a fantasy than it does now. So I almost half wonder, and this is just speculation, I have no other basis, if the story was going one direction and then actual politics of the current state went a different direction and the story changed midstream, and maybe that's why it feels a little bit weird, is that potentially... Oh, no, okay, thank you. Todd just proved me wrong. Um, So... uh, Never mind. Well, because my, my theory was, and I'll just continue on that thought, but, and then I'll tell you how Todd proved me wrong, was that potentially it was just a you know reaction to the political climate. But as Todd just pointed out to me, all but the last issue were published before the election day. Um, and then issue 10 was published. Like, that's weird. That's a big jump. Because, like, issue 9 was published November 2nd, 2016, but issue 10 doesn't come out till April 26th of 17. And then the trade came out a hot second after that. Yeah. Which is very interesting. That's super weird. That publication date is like January, February, June, November, April. So basically, we're all going to be in old folks' home by oh, the time oh, yeah. Issues 20 comes out. Oh, completely. That's right. Yeah. No, we will have done like 300 episodes of this show, <laughs> and we will be talking about how it used to be great to actually have print versions before they outlawed cutting down of trees. That's right. And everything's now. We will be up. so far into Alzheimer's, we won't even remember what this book is about. It'll actually be very entertaining, though. We'll just blather on about things. It'll be super fun. We do that already. Yeah. That's true. Uh, the other mm-hmm. thing I had in my notes that I just wanted to bring up was so when I was reading this book, I was reading it at work, and as if it was on cue, I had the most sexist shit talked around me while I was reading this book. <laughs> this old guy comes in and uh, he's this guy I work with and like first off this guy kind of rubbed me the wrong way as well because like I'll sit there and I'll read a book at work and he'll be like oh yeah graphic novels I read graphic novels and he pulls open his tablet of whatever it is I think it's a Kindle or something like that and he shows me these graphic novels and it's basically like softcore porn like it's just a bunch of like big bosom girls half naked in comic book form and I'm like I don't think we're reading the same things. Like, that just doesn't seem... But so, he basically came back from his lunch break and was commenting on how lovely it was to see girls uh, fill out uniforms in a very specific way. And I was sitting there thinking to myself, I'm like, that's, like, that poor girl's just there trying to pay her rent, and you're sitting there ogling her, and I'm like, and you are a gross old man. She has nothing that she wants to do with you. So it was the irony of that conversation happening while I was reading this was kind of amazing. And I kind of just gave him a dirty look, and he shut up for the rest of the night, which was kind of nice. And the best part was is when someone else asked me what I was reading, and then I explained the feminist book that I was reading and what it was all about. And I, I didn't do the whole, oh, it's about, you know, it's basically like Orange is the New Black. I basically went in the whole, like, oh, well, it's this misogynist future where women blah, 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 and like really played up like how much of an asshole he really was. Mm-hmm. It was actually kind of fun that way. And what's really funny, too, is because uh, one thing I hate, if you ever meet me and tell me I pass as straight, I want to punch you because <laughs> um, I'm not trying to fucking pass cocksuckers. Um, but no, if you meet me, most people, it's not really always obvious that I'm gay. And I was at work a couple weeks ago. I was talking with my friend who used to work there and his girlfriend who works there. And she is a very, very attractive girl. She mm-hmm. was kind of wearing her tight pants. I noticed because it was pointed out to me by this customer, he's all like, oh, take a look at that. I would just love to take a bite out of that ass. Mm-hmm. And I was like, the fuck did you just say to me? <laughs> he's like, that's my friend. Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? And I just got pissed off. And he's like, well, aren't you going to help me? I'm like, no, fuck off. So I, I'm like, I'm going to go tell her boyfriend. He'll come over here and kick your ass. So I actually did, and I just laughed it off. But he actually got really, really upset like mm-hmm. that I wouldn't help him. And then on the way out, apologized. Like, I don't know what I did to piss off the tall dude, but I'm sorry. Like, because you're an asshole. Yeah. God. Yeah, just because I don't have sequencing glitter draining off my hair as I walk around doesn't mean you can come up to me and expect to be misogynistic and have me not say anything. Well, but that's also not a gay straight issue either, though. Like, because I have... I have, gay I have friends a lot of are, friends, yeah. I mean, straight friends who will also sit there and kind of like, they're like old married guys and they'll all go, yeah, you know, like, I'm like, oh, she's really hot. And I was like, don't you think she's hot? And I was like, that's not what I'm paying attention to. And not, I mean, it's just, 
that's just not my thing. I'm a very just I'm a serial monogamist in general. So like mm-hmm. I've just never really been one of those guys who has wandering eyes. That's just me in general. That's not, I see. I uh, used to be. So uh, that's how you used to be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, see. So I wasn't as slutty as Adam, but you know that's how it goes. Well, no, I was raised a very strict conservative Christian straight boy, and now I'm an atheist polyamorous gay dude. So okay, my parents goes. would be so proud of me. I'm very much a relationship guy. Like that's where I'm most comfortable. I would be a disappointment to my Mormon forefathers because I would have no ability to be a polygamist whatsoever. Like the thought of trying to juggle two women just terrifies me. Like that would be horrible. Well, and there's a big difference between recognizing that someone's attractive and then being like, "Oh, I want to eat out her ass." Yeah. Well, and that's the thing though too is that like it's still one of those like. And that's fine if that doesn't work. I'm just saying that. You know, I've been with friends like, oh, that girl's really cute. I'm like, oh, she's pretty good looking. Yeah. But they're not like, oh, I want to grab her by the pussy. You know, well, and those are mm-hmm. two totally yeah. different animals. But unfortunately, I think now you run into people who feel like they can be more open about their horrible inner thoughts, um, you know, with things as they are currently. Well, I'm full yeah. of horrible inner thoughts, but they're always sarcastic. Yeah, so we save them and record them and then let mm-hmm. the public listen to them without... <laughs> and let them judge me. Let them judge us in the privacy of their cubicle but work. Actually, what I was going to go back to was uh, with Q's idea that maybe we should have ended the series with the ride on Bitch Planet. My thinking is maybe this is the start of the woman taking back over. Which I kind of agree with you. I have a mm-hmm. note on that... And if that's where the direction is going, I think that's fucking awesome. Yeah, because fuck the patriarchy. Yeah. Uh, speaking <laughs> of fucking the patriarchy, I have a cocktail. Mr. Booze. Mr. Booze. Mr. B-double-O-Z. That sure smells booze. <laughs> My cocktail is the Madam President Martini. And this reason why I have this is this was from a website of politicians' favorite alcoholic beverages. And apparently this was Hillary Clinton's preferred drink. Probably still is her preferred drink. Um, And this is a martini. She takes it shaken, not stirred, a la James Bond. Um, So it is uh, three-quarters of an ounce of lemon juice, a three-quarters of an ounce of simple syrup, eight eye drops of rose water that's pretty damn specific um (laughs) and three ounces of vodka and an edible rose petal for garnish so other than the rose petal you shake all that up because you know shake and not stirred uh strain into a glass and then put the little edible rose petal on it so uh there's your madam president martini which actually kind of looks kind of awesome so that sounds lovely todd you got a cocktail i do mine is called the beast (laughs) Uh, this has two cubes of sugar, four dashes of Angus Stora bitters, one lemon wheel, one lime wheel, one orange wheel, and a cocktail cherry. And then you add a half teaspoon of grenadine syrup, a quarter cup of your finest Japanese whiskey you got, and a splash of ginger ale. So it's an old-fashioned with the entire produce section of a local store. With Japanese whiskey. And Japanese whiskey. Right. Yeah. So, so it's a California produce section. Yes. Yeah. So I, it's called the Beast. So I was told everything is the in other there. Day about when you were visiting me, and we we're like, "Hey, we should just go get like we didn't want to go to bars. We're like, we'll just go get some alcohol, make stuff." Mm-hmm. And you being from Utah, like, thank you. Be like, uh, <laughs> no, all the stores are closed. Like, no, we'll just go to Ralph's. It's only like ten o'clock. Like, we can go buy all the booze we want. What the fuck is I up know, with that? We walked into Ralph's, and you were looking through the liquor section, and be like, "This is amazing." <laughs> oh, it was so it was so nice to spend a week in a state that treats you like an adult. It's weird, right? Unless it comes to gun ownership. No, yeah, gun ownership, they don't, but... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Q, do you have a cocktail? Yeah, so mine, inspired by um, the uh, followers of Eleanor, it's called The Red Bitch. And this one, <laughs> this one takes a little bit more pre-planning, so you uh, chop up some strawberries, raspberries, and blueberries, and you freeze them overnight... Any raspberries? Raspberries. Raspberries. There you go. So you freeze in water to um, get some berry-infused ice. So it's an ounce of pineapple gin, an ounce of coconut tequila, an ounce of raspberry rum, uh, a half ounce of lime juice, three ounces of ginger beer. Shake those up in a shaker of ice strain into another glass filled with your berry ice cubes 
and then you top it off with uh, some sangria. And this this recipe had some very specific brands in mind, so you can use those or you know just do whatever the fuck you want. Because guess what, bitch, you can you you run this. You, can, you do you. That's you right. Do you. you. Yes. Yes, awesome. bitch, you can do what you want. And also, and also put some. I, lo- I love the makeup design with the the big red lips and then mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. line on the chin. I'm a, I might do that. That would be cool. That would be a fun yeah. cosplay, actually. Yeah. Um, I might so do speak, that. Speak, the reason that I really got into the red bitch, because at the end of the trade, there's the designs mm-hmm. For, mm-hmm. Um, for the Eleanorians, as they're called. Mm-hmm. And also, the fact that, uh, you know... Uh, the cabaret that I do is called Eleanor's New Deal Cabaret, but that's more mm-hmm. of Eleanor Roosevelt. Um, but also, I so I might throw throw that a little bit of that cosplay and maybe do a a red ensemble. Ensemble. And, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Do some high fashion drag for you. Ooh, girl. Sissy that walk. Yes, ma'am. So, That's right. Anyway, Adam, you got a cocktail? I do, and I feel like a complete white trash asshole because I was. <laughs> you have all these like fancy shit going on. You're my white just trash asshole. A prison riot, and it's literally like two ounces of vanilla vodka and then uh, four ounces of Sunny D. But because Sunny D is so strong, you can kind of add as much vodka as you want, and it pretty much covers up the taste. So it's like a creamsicle drink, mm-hmm. but the point is, it'll get you fucked up fast, and you might go out and start a riot. Always on to start a riot. Anybody have anything else they want to bring up and before we kind of start finishing things off? What I like about this trade, I like this one a lot better than Volume 1, actually. I feel it's a bit more focused, and it moves a lot of things forward. I understand Q's criticism of you don't know as much backstory, but this really moves along, and it's propelling forward, for good and bad. Mm-hmm. But And it's just really tight it's got a little bit of like rogue one like oh here's the master planner and then he comes in to fuck things up Mm -hmm. because he's being forced to do so and he's been wronged and so he's attacking it from the inside he's he's been forced to become part of the empire and so Mm -hmm. therefore he's being subversive from the inside right he's subversive from the inside and then when you have the High Father's daughter blow his head off, that's nice. Oh, that was fucking awesome. Yes, actually. that was amazing. There's that whole scene where, like, I think it was, like, her and her mother, where they're just not allowed to yeah. say anything in that episode, mm-hmm. and there's, like, this asshole just keeps talking and talking, and then she just, like, pulls out a gun out of her purse and blows off his head. It was amazing. Everything needs to be said right there. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh-oh, nice. Adam's looking at porn on his phone. No, there's this company in Sweden that makes shirts, and it's mm-hmm. Mary Poppins doing poppers. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's one with an angry pineapple and an angry asparagus that says your cum was as bitter as you. Oh my god. <laughs> I got one that has a unicorn on the front and it says alt mask. Nice. Mm. So, in that regard, I really liked. Sorry. No, you're good. I can always hear you also cum as bitter as you. Cis white males look at each other being like, I got nothing. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's outside my wheelhouse. <laughs> but yeah, I really enjoyed this one. I wasn't as... If you remember back on that first episode, I wasn't a real big fan of Volume 1. Mm-hmm. But I really like Volume 2. And it makes me want to read Volume 1 again and see if my opinion changed. But I really like the direction this is going mm-hmm. and it's blazing its own trail. So. Yeah, I think, the, the, I think most of my excitement came from this from where mm-hmm. I think it's going. Um, I mean, there's fun stuff in here, but I think I, I finished this book going, okay, yeah, where, where is this going to go next? I want to see you know them fuck some shit up. Right. What I don't think was quite as good, though, at the end of the issue, they've got like a splash page of advertisements. Yeah. They were fine, but the, the first one had was one. awesome. Yeah. And these were a bit weaker. I don't know how you topped the first round, yeah. but yeah, the first round of those back advertising pages were great. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Um, I think that puts us in a position to do final grade. Jamie, school is never a waste of time. Since we have 15 minutes until recess, please put down your pencils and stare at the front of the room. It's report card time. It's report card time. It's report card time. So fucking fun. God, please, no! 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 
No! Um, who wants to go first on a final grade? Todd, you've been talking a lot. You go yeah. final grade. You know, I give this a B. B minus. I think if I was to grade the first one, it'd be like a C plus. So it's a lot better. I thoroughly enjoy it. The art style is really, um, I like the style. It fits very well for the story being told. And that sings well. Because at the same time you're watching it and some of these, it's portraying cis women, trans and everything else. And you don't, no one's being set out to be sexy because that's like the antithesis of what this whole thing is. Mm -hmm. But you watch everyone and it is imbued with a humanity or lack thereof, Mm -hmm. depending on the character. And the artist did a great job with that. So in its own way, the, the art really elevates the material and I, that's probably the best thing about that with me is go artists. That was great. And the story's good too. Cool. Yep. Uh, Adam, what's your grade? Um, I'm, I'm at an A. I, I really liked the first one. I, now that we actually sat down and I went through it again a bit slower as we were talking mm-hmm. about it, I got some things I missed the first time through. Um, no, I do like the story. I, I do agree with Q in the sense that I'd like to get to know some of the characters more. And I realized that they were trying to get to the riot scene to, mm-hmm. which, if if I'm right, will be the stepping stone into the rest of the story. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, we took time to get to know Penny. And now that we have Cam as the main character, it would be cool to kind of, obviously she's there to find her sister. But just, you know, everything leading up to that point would have been cool. But, no, I liked it a lot. But, like I said, you've got to make sure you're going through it slowly. Don't try to tear through it. Uh, Take your time. Read each page. Find everything that's there. But, yeah, like Todd said, Mm -hmm. it's interesting that you've got a book that is very mature and you've got, uh, you know, there's a lot of nudity, a lot of violence, everything going on, but it's never there to be spectacle or shock value. Mm -hmm. It's like uh, in Westworld, which I just started watching, there's a lot of really attractive people who are naked, but because they're robots, it's never sensual. It's never like, oh, that person's, you know, look at them titties or something like that. It's more like, oh, I kind of feel gross watching this because it's Mm -hmm. against their consent kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I think this does a really good job doing that. And hopefully we'll get the next five before we're all in our 60s. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think with the Daughters of Eleanor and everything happening, especially with the president being shot now, I think some really cool things are going to happen. And just we had to get through all these ep- issues to get to the true start of the story. I'm right there with you guys. I'm probably mm-hmm. going to go split the difference and do an A-. minus. I like the book a lot. I think the only thing I walk away from is wondering... If I was more excited about where the book was going versus what was actually going on in the book, so that's why I'm not giving it a full A. But like, I I finished this book and was like really like, man, that's it's pretty mm-hmm. amazing, it's pretty awesome. But I think I'm also partially giving it more points because I'm more excited as to the potential as to where it's going to go. But I think I might have felt that way about the first one as well. Uh, Q, what is your final grade? So I'm gonna go B plus. I okay. But and again, I think it's more about like the potential. Of, of what's happening versus what's what's actually happening because I I, I feel rushed in this book. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm being pushed into things up, but I'm like, no, I want to go back here and I want to learn about why people are here and what's going on. Like I was really hoping for, and 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 maybe and maybe that's kind of like my ish my my whole the whole kind of theme of this month and these books is that usually in this in. You know, in the second part, you kind of get a, a little more fleshed out. And I feel like she's not doing that yet. She's mm-hmm. like, no, she's like, you know, I'll, I'll tell you backstory later. We, we, we got to get to, you know, this this point where, you know, shit's exploding and things are going down and, you know, the women are, are you know, rioting and all that stuff. And, you know, may, maybe that is her point um, that, you know, they're, you know, Maybe I, I don't know, but I, I I just I felt super rushed, and it was not me reading quickly. I just felt rushed in this book, but it's still a really good book. I feel like this is a really awesome series, and mm-hmm. I feel like it is, especially in today's political climate, really important for. And like I said in the first episode, you know, Todd, you are not the the target audience for this book, but I'm so glad that you know we're kind of forcing you to read this. <laughs> what um, and and that you're and that you're enjoying it. You know, you said you you mm-hmm. like this one um, better than the first, and I and I feel like 
Uh, all the people who are freaking out over a female Doctor Who need to mm-hmm. open no, up. No, don't get, get me started. I know, exactly. So, just so I you can just fuck Doctor right Who. off with that kind of foolishness. I don't, I don't I even watch Doctor Who, and I'm like, fuck all of you people. Agreed. But anyway, well then, I guess with that, um, we will go on. Does anybody have any recommendations? They're just dying to get off their chest. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this start. <laughs> this comes out. I think a day after the season premiere of Rick and Morty season three. I just got into this, mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. we were in California after uh, Disneyland with some friends, and we binge-watched the entire first season like in three hours. Mm-hmm. I have not enjoyed something on TV this much in years. I may need to binge-watch it, because like, mm-hmm. I've watched a few episodes here and there and haven't gotten into it, and maybe I just yeah. need to sit there and watch the whole thing. So, what happened was we were... Uh, I-, I owned the first season, and honestly, go buy the Blu-rays, because the ones on Hulu are edited. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's mm-hmm. like... 15 bucks on Amazon or mm-hmm. uh, FYE uh, and other places, but they're unedited. So I, I watched the first two episodes. Damn, it was okay. Mm-hmm. And then we were uh, before we came to see you, Brian. We mm-hmm. were uh, mm-hmm. we stayed in a hotel, and uh, the the Needful Things episode was on where they spoofed the Stephen King story, mm-hmm. and it clicked, and I got it. I was like, okay. this is fucking amazing. So then we went to visit our friends. Like, no, you need to sit down and watch this. So we just watched <laughs> the whole first season. And what's so great, yeah, the first couple episodes, you're trying to get the humor of what's going on, but it's one of the smartest things on TV, and every single little thing adds on to the next episode. So by the time you get to the season finale, everything you've seen for the last 12 episodes comes into play, and everything just makes sense. And it's absolutely hilarious. I'm actually going to go pick up the second season today. Uh, But this comes out a day after the season premiere, so do a favor if you're not into it. Jump on the bandwagon because it's one of the it's the best thing that Adult Swim has pretty much ever done. Okay, so cool. Uh, Q, do you have any recommendations? Uh, I mean, the whole the whole thing really reminded me of um, Black Exploitation uh, mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and I've I've seen a couple, uh, mostly with Pam Greer, and I think that you if you feel inspired by it, you should go get. Go watch yourself some Foxy Brown or um, oh, what are some of the names of the other ones? I'm sorry. Now, have you ever seen um, Badass? I don't. Is that the name of the movie? It's um, uh, who's Danny Trejo? No, it's uh, it's somebody junior. It's a a famous actor. His father was a black exploitation filmmaker, and he played his father in an autobiographical pick. And it is like the gloves are off. It is very blunt as to, you know, his experience making the films and things like that. Um, Todd is flipping it over for me. Yeah, it's Mario Coffee, Van Peebles. Coffee was the other one that I... Uh, yeah. But yeah, but Badass is also really worth checking out. A friend of mine uh, turned me on to it. So yeah, Mario Van play- Peebles plays his father, Melvin Van Peebles, who is a black exploitation director. Um, and it is... Uh, he, he made... Uh, oh, it's about the making of uh, Sweet Sweet Back's Badass Song. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, really, as far as like a modern look at black exploitation, aside from like Jackie Brown, it's pretty amazing. Um, cool. And... and actually, if you want to see something mm-hmm. really great on uh, Cartoon Network, it's probably on DVD Blu-ray now. They did a uh, Black Dynamite cartoon series mm-hmm. by the guys who did the Boondocks. Mm-hmm. And if you again, like you said, if you love the old black exploitation stuff, it calls all that out and brings out all the you know the racism and everything else. While at the same time being hilarious. Okay. So. Well, on a funniest scampy note, someone got me the Blu-ray of the original Batman series run with Adam West. Yes, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It is fantastic. I always loved the movie. I've only caught a few episodes here and there of the classic TV show. It's just wonderful through and through. Like the first episode, you've got Batman (laughs) going to the disco. And it's just amazing. You got to it. It's wonderful. Yes. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to recommend the soundtrack to Baby Driver. Yes. I have been completely and utterly obsessed with it, and it is the perfect length. I can start playing it at the airport in Long Beach, and it will end just as I am landing in Salt Lake City. It's fantastic. Um, and I, like the movie I love as well, but the soundtrack I've become very addicted to. Um, 
And uh, yeah. Uh, so next month we are going to, uh, with the release of the most recent uh, incarnation of Spider-Man, we, for a long time, have been talking <laughs> about the fact that we have yet to do Spider-Man on this show. So we are going to devote a whole month to him. And we're doing it in semi-chronological order. Originally we'd move some stuff around. Uh, but we're going to start with um, Craven's Last Hunt. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? And then we're doing Maximum Carnage. Then we're going to be doing the death of Spider-Man from I think 2014, and then mm-hmm. we'll be doing um, Ultimate Comics Spider-Man One, which is the first Miles Morales comic. Which, if you've seen the films, uh, there's actually a lot more similarities to some of the Miles Morales book uh, in that film than some of the other stuff. But it has sort of a... and, he's, and actually he's an Easter egg. It, well, yes, yes. Well, at least his <laughs> uncle is. Um, so anyway. Well, part of that storyline, but we'll get into that. <laughs> uh, so we'll get into that. But so next week we are going to, and then we're going to be live as much as we possibly can. Uh, there will be uh, a lot of carnage. Uh, so that's why part of the reason we were originally going to start yes. with Maximum Carnage, which is going to be a description of next weekend uh, as we record all of these. But uh, chronologically, it makes more sense to do uh, Craven's Last Hunt. And if we all can sit around and drink, I think there'll be a lot more carnage <laughs> if we do it second. Yeah, it's probably true. Well, then who knows what's going to happen on the third books. But um, as a heads up, the first two books are long. I think they're worthwhile, but they are long. And then the second two books are going to be shockingly short, uh, comparatively speaking. So, but uh, we're all very excited for that. We're all also going to have some interesting announcements. And we're all going to be in the same place for the first time ever. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, so and since Q has met Todd and I multiple times... Mm-hmm. He has yet to actually meet Adam, so that's also going to be very interesting. <laughs> uh, so uh, I just hope I have my alt mask shirt by then. Yeah. Well, we'll see what we can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that'll do it for this week. Next week uh, we'll be doing uh, Craven's Last Hunt, um, and yeah, I think that'll do it for us. So nobody else has anything going once. No. Nope. nope. We're good. Cool. Thank you much. We'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. This band of knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as Funny Books and Firewater. And on Twitter as at FirewaterCast. Go to FunnyBooksAndFirewater.com for the most up-to-date information. As well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, support your local comic shop. Tip your bartender well. And stay hydrated.